One, two, one, two. What's going on, my good people? Yo, we are live broadcasting from Solid Direction Studios in the heart of my basement. And we have an excellent show for you today. I am giving up the power. I am giving up the control. I am handing it over to my special guest today. Um, I just want to cover a few little housekeeping items real quick. If you're on Facebook watching right now or on YouTube, just share the post, like, and subscribe to the channel. And um, let's just keep this thing growing, man. I had some good news, and it was sort of some bad news because I got some good news. And the good news was I broke into the top 200 on the Apple podcast. But guess what? I didn't find out until a week later, so I didn't even get to see it. I got an email from Apple a week later saying I did it. And I was like, well, I didn't even get to take a screenshot use it for marketing nothing I'm, I'm like well, well damn you know what i'm saying so hey we just gonna keep this thing growing um but man just share the post and we're gonna keep this thing growing i got i got one of when i tell you one of the most special people that you're going to get a chance to hear and engage with today i have dr l on the line dr l could you say hello to the good people Hey, she is here to break me down of all people. So it's about to get real interesting. She, she is a very accomplished writer, um, very accomplished counselor. Um, can you tell the people about yourself just a little bit so they can get to know you as a person? Wow. Well, thank you for that warm introduction. <laughs> as uh, Thomas said, my name is Dr. Elmore. I am a, um, I'm passionate about transitioning individuals and organizations from where they are to where they want to be. And I help people accomplish that by um, pragmatically navigating their relationships, um, their life's purpose, their life work, directional energy work, metaphysics, prayer, books, teaching, learning, counseling. I use a vast uh, toolkit of resources to help people reach their goals. You know something, a lot of people that I come across and, you know, I'm big on mental health and getting help and all that stuff. And, um, I don't make it sound like all that stuff, but, um, everybody's like, I, I can't find a black counselor. I can't find a black, you know, therapist, somebody who can help me out, who identify with my struggle, who got skin like me or whatever. And here you are, here you are. So could you tell them how to contact you before we get deep into the show? Can you tell them how to contact you today and change their lives, change their lives, child? Yes, I am accepting new clients. Um, and to reach me, you can just go to drl.com and that's D-R-E-L-L-L-E. -L -L -E. So that's three L's.com. <laughs> so www.drl.com. Cool, cool. We're going to have that scrolling on the bottom of the screen throughout the show. But, um, yeah, we're going to get into um, – now I want you to be shy. I want you to go I want you to go hard. You know what I'm saying? I want you to do you, pull the big guns out, pull out that sister-girl attitude, which you be always hitting me with all the other times. So I'm going to go ahead and let you start. I'm going to give you – I'm yielding to you. So let's, let's go ahead with your question. Great. So I think – we talked about um, sharing this space together 
it was mm-hmm. an opportunity for your listeners to learn a bit more about you. And as I've said, I'm really happy that uh, I am the one <laughs> that gets to peel back some of those layers. Um, and I'm excited to see what, what feedback we're going to get from it, too. Okay. So uh... first, since, uh, can you give us a little bit of background about the topic that we're going to be discussing and what we can anticipate over these next couple of minutes? Because I definitely want to get into it i mean we're just gonna cover like a basic breakdown of uh like some relationship basics some fundamentals just some things like that um some different opinions on different topics um just a a getting to know you but a no a no filter getting to know you session i get it so what type of women do you like um i like big booty girls they're right now i'm just saying um but uh I'm a, you know, something I don't really, I can honestly say at this age of my life, I do not have a type. I would say that I'm more attracted to, um, energy and intangibles. If that makes any sense. What tangibles or intangibles are those? Uh, I like, I like proactive people. I don't like reactive. I like people who actually have a plan have an idea, like have a suggestion that are part of the process of dating. Like I think a lot of women have been taught to be reactive while dating when I think they should really be proactive. Cause I feel like when guys, you know, when, Hey, where are we going? Restaurant, you know, you know, if he's always making the suggestions, if he's always, you know, every you're, he's dating himself, he's dating himself. He's never getting to know you because I think it's always okay for a woman to show interest in leading like, um, and then interest period. Um, like not really saying, Hey, let me take you out to dinner or more so saying, Hey, I would really like to spend some time with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. So when you look at your past relationship, uh huh. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Which ones were too forward? And then which ones were not forward enough? And if you can't sense, we're not asking for names. Give me an example of one that was too forward. And then an example where one was not forward enough. Uh, so, okay. I'll give you the not forward enough. So, you know how women I'm, I'm being general. I'm using generalization since I'm in the chair now. So, you know how women um, always say they want a great communicator. Um, I'm a pretty good communicator. Um, I like, I didn't used to be, I I had to be intentional about it. Um, so with that being said, um, I get a lot of texting and I I really don't like that. I don't like that at all. Like I don't get, I don't like a lot of, um, uh, W Y D. Um, I don't like those little acronym texts or all that kind of stuff. So I met some an amount it's a way or a method of communication so you like rich context as opposed to short text messages because we all know text messages 
have their place. They're great for historical reference. They're great when in meetings. So is it the type or the richness or the context of the communication or is it an amount of communication? Because if you say you had to work on it, then which area did you work on? Or which area should other women work on if they I, want it, to be matched? So it's, but the, I'll, I'll say this because some, some men engage in that texting like that. You know, for me, I need more substance. Like I'm not... I don't like to equate things to text because things get lost in translation. So I'd rather you just call me and we talk about it now. Right. You know, Hey, we're meeting somewhere at, at 8 PM. That's a text. But if you want to tell me about your feelings and emotions and what's going on in your head, I need you to call me. Got it. Follow up question to that. So what is, what does your ideal woman look like? What characteristics does she have? How many messages is she sending you? What are her texts like? How did y'all meet? How did y'all, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, I, can, a good, a good <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, okay. Have to paint this wonderful picture so that we okay. of your dream lady. Uh, so I guess, you know, my dream lady would definitely be proactive. Um, definitely be intentional about the process, um, and definitely have the same end goal. Um, I feel like, you know, we get to dating and talking to people and the end goal is so far from, you know, each other, you know, she's, okay, so then what is the end goal? My end goal is marriage. Okay. So if that's the end, then what are the steps after marriage? Uh, growth and development of our relationship. Cause it never stops. In which areas? Um, I would say, um, I would definitely like to have like a home, a loving home environment, but then I, I'm not opposed to building some type of business or community outreach with my significant other. Okay. So when you think about a home environment that you want to create, the follow-up question to that is how does family dynamic impact levels of compatibility? Because we all were raised and grew up in different homes and different lifestyles, right? So mm -hmm. when you pick imagine your family dynamic is there a family dynamic that is not compatible with the famous Tom Swoop and is there wow. a family dynamic that is compatible uh so I'm a leader by nature I mean um so I I'm a big I'm not big on like being I'm a dad dad so it's like you know I do feel like if you a man, you should lead the household or at least be open to, you know, I don't know, some kind of joint leadership or something, but you definitely, you definitely can't take a back seat and just, I see a lot of guys take a back seat and just let, you know, things just happen in the house. And then they're standing around. Like, I don't know how we got here. And I, you got here from lack of leadership. So, um, I definitely would want, um, a household where we communicate, we talk, we, we grow, we develop. Um, I've done the whole, um, children, you know, mixed family type thing when, while dating and the dads who have so much power in a household that they don't even contribute to. 
So that would be un that would be unideal for me. Like I can't have a decision maker who doesn't contribute anything to this household actually making decisions that affect this household. Okay, so what's a what's an average Sunday afternoon? How are you spending Sunday afternoon? Watching football. Are you spending Sunday morning? Getting ready to watch football. How are you spending Friday night? Uh I, I may go out, I may kick it, you know what I'm saying? But most of the time, I usually be at home watching movies. Yeah, watching movies. For a woman who has an extremely active social life, or would you prefer someone who is more in routine and likes to stay in and Netflix and chill? Uh, a mixture of both. I definitely would enjoy somebody who, um, you know, I'm going to my camera by the way. Yeah. Right. I, I, I definitely <laughs> would want somebody who, um, can, can do a mixture of both because you know, separation is healthy for a relationship. You don't want nobody laying up under you 24 seven, but at the same time you do want, you know, somebody who has other things besides, you know, you. I think we may have lost L real quick. I think her camera froze up. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pop her off and then pop back on to me and let her stuff scroll back. She'll contact real quick and then she'll jump back on. But her contact information is scrolling across the bottom of the screen. It's Dr. L. Um, and once again, that's drl.com. So go ahead and hit her up here. She, I got her back on now. So we are good to go yeah we had we had lost you for a minute but we got you back now we lost your sound oh, great. oh nope there so, you go there you go we got it okay so someone who has an active life but is not always under you so there's a balance yes is that accurate mm-hmm okay why do you think you're single uh, I feel like, and I, I've people who listen to the show, they can probably attest to this. I've said this numerous times. One of the biggest reasons I feel like I'm single was because I was married before and I was married for a good portion of time. So I look at the whole dating and the end game a lot more different than a single person who hasn't had that level of commitment in their lives. So it's like, I don't put it like this. Certain things are casual. Certain things are good time. Let's have fun. But then there comes to a point where you have to say, all right, all right, what are we doing here? And how are we planning to get here? Get there. So, so do you think that the fact that you have been married makes you makes marriage less desirable? No, no, it's I, it's very much my goal, but okay. I feel like, and I've used this analogy before. I just, I feel like it's like running a marathon. I've already run it ran it and I'm back at the beginning and I'm running it with people who have never run it before. Great question. So then do you believe you're more compatible with someone who's already maybe been married and married and ran the marathon? Funny story. So I, that to, to keep it on, I'm just going to be honest. Most of the women who actually see me and, and, approach me how I like to get approached or even communicate with me the way I like to be communicated with are married or 
like in a relationship and it's like it's a very messy situation so i sort of have to walk away from it but that's typically what it be and you're you're I, and I do feel like that's a large portion of that is because they know the level of commitment of a long-term relationship. Mm. Go ahead. Don't, don't judge me. Go ahead. So. Oh Lord. Would you be open to polyamory or non-monogamy? Ooh. I have been asked and I said, no, I said no twice. I've been asked twice. And you know what? I do feel like marrying one woman and being with one woman is an American um, thing. And it's, you know, in Africa, we did the whole multiple wives things before we came to this country, before we were taken and brought to this country. Um, so you know, and that went on for thousands of years. America is like eight minutes old. Um, so I get it as far as the idea, but me personally, I'm not interested in it. If that makes any sense. I'm just, this is not, that doesn't make my blood, blood boil to, to have two or three wives. No. Okay. I've been in the car with my ex-wife and my daughter. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. So, how soon would you like to be married? I mean, ideally, before I I need all kinds of medication and, and all kinds of craziness. I mean, I I definitely want to be intentional. Like, I would love to be married within the next five years. I don't. I'd be love to be married in the next two years. I I don't. I don't want to be like out here dating in my fifties and sixties. No, 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 no. So ladies, if you're watching (laughs) and you'd like to be married for the next year. But time, time, okay. So I, uh, no, so you know how you meet somebody and they'll be like, well, how I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? Drop, drop a note in the, in the chat, drop a note in the chat. I mean, but time, I just feel like time is one of those things where you can meet somebody, hang out with them and you just know, and then the rest of it is making y'all's worlds match. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's really where a lot of people fall off. It's like, Somebody has to compromise. Somebody got to take an L. And that's where I feel like a lot of relationships run into a lot of big hurdles because you can have two people who are highly compatible, but their lives aren't compatible. And when you talk about terms of compatibility, what are your deal breakers or your non-negotiables? Uh, so I, okay. So I, I do do a lot and I go a lot and I, 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 sometimes I work, I work at a high, high pace or high energy or whatever you want to call it. So I don't know if I would want like some corporate tycoon type woman who's always on the go catching flights and, you know, just, oh, I'm in LA Friday. I'm in Boston Tuesday. I'm, you know, I, I don't know if that would be something I would be interested in. Mm. I do like 
spending time, quality time. Like that's one of my love languages. So if I didn't get that addressed, I don't know if I could really operate in a healthy relationship with a person like that. What are your other primary love languages? Acts of service, uh, quality time, and um, words of affirmation. Sure. Now, <laughs> how important is vaccination status as you're dating? Are you currently dating anyone? No. How important is vaccination status in your dating life? This is a non-factor. It's a non-factor. I'm vaccinated, but it's a non I wouldn't judge anybody because they weren't vaccinated. Sure, no judgment. Would you make them, would you not date them if they were or were not? Of I, course you wouldn't judge them. I mean, I, I, it's a non-factor. I don't, I, I would, I would date somebody who was or was not vaccinated. That's, I think that's the last thing I would really need to what know. About financially? not at your level not a problem not a problem either what about someone who was a trump supporter i'm a trump supporter okay i'm joking no no i i, I <laughs> i'm just saying i i do i do agree with some of trump's trump's ideals but he's embarrassing as a president so i i, I couldn't do him anymore but at the same time you know these democrats are yeah interesting politics what about someone who had a different religious belief like maybe they were i've you know, you know something i've done i've done that i've done that but it's been more of a problem for the other person more so than me so it was a problem where i wasn't trying to convert anybody to anything whereas i felt like she was slowly trying to convert me and it was like when i finally was just like Nah, nah. How long did it take you to walk away? About seven, eight months. Because it was it was a gradual, like she tried to she tried to she tried to make me a a, a insurgent. No, I'm just playing. Uh, you know, uh, no, it was actually she was a a seven day Adventist, mm -hmm. and um, she was trying to you know slowly but surely get me to come into the light, if you will. And I was just like, Nah, y'all wear uniforms to church. Nah, I ain't doing that. So what things will you not accept? So you wouldn't accept the seven month conversion. <laughs> Would you accept someone who maybe had bad breath? You can do, you can fix that. Okay. Um, like all, think about it. All the things that we really be having a problem with. What oh, she dressed with? funny. We can fix that. Clothes. What? lazy now it's a difference between like mentally lazy and physically lazy i think is a difference like some people mentally lazy that's a hard one that's a hard one that's a hard one mentally mentally lazy is a hard one because you know you don't want to get into being your significant other's therapist sure you want to call Dr. L for that. I mean, someone will be happy to assist you. 
So you don't want to get into doing that. So it's like, that's what, and I feel like a lot of people get into that. Oh, well, if I, if I can help her do this and I can help him do this and, and I can change him and I can, I can motivate him and I can do, you put yourself behind the eight ball and I'm not really seeking out those type of opportunities. So it's dating for potential essentially is what you're talking about. I'll so date for potential, but it's just the, the level of of damage. Like you can look at a person and be like, and once you got, you hang around them a few times, you, you can understand like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not carrying that much water. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not going to do that. Um, yeah, no. Nah. And no violation. That makes sense. So you will allow them room to improve. Yes. But not dating for potential. No, I, so, I, I mean, I'll date someone based upon potential, but the potential is based upon the growth of our relationship. Not really like put it like this. You can meet a, a, a young woman who works at Wendy's, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I know the trajectory, the trajectory on my life. So I know if I choose to be with this woman, Wendy's probably won't be in her future. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. You, I couldn't hear you. So do you think that would be you trying to change her? Uh, it wouldn't be me. No, in the discipleship program. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't because it's like, if, if I meet you when you working at Wendy's and you're working at Wendy's because that's your main source of income. That's how you pay your bills. That's how you live. Now you come into the fold of all, which is Tom and we're in a committed relationship. You don't have to work at Wendy's no more. Okay. So I didn't change her more so than us together. Doesn't, we don't need that three forty six a week no more. Ladies, if you are listening. Oh my gosh, here you go. The level up. <laughs> I'm leveling up girls at Wendy's. <laughs> if you at Wendy's working in double shift today, I got you. <laughs> Hit them in the back channels. The DMs are open. If you if if you struggling right now to take care of that that your bills that you at Wendy's, I got you. Just bring a double cheeseburger with you. Shift. Yes, because I am navigating the shift today. Okay. And we're going to talk about two significant times in your past. One where you were the happiest. And then the second where you knew that you were a limitless human being explain the second part i went to public high school <laughs> so in terms of spirituality mm -hmm. and patient and scientific research a goal written down is 60 percent more likely to be accomplished mm -hmm. and you accomplish a lot of things in your life and so by you having those accomplishment receipts, you've realized that you can actually do anything that you set your mind to. Mm -hmm. 
Do you recall an instance where you knew that you were a limitless human being? Um, yeah, I can pretty much call a, a lot of those up. Um, even just doing this podcast, like, um, I've, I know if I, if, you know, I've done podcasts before and I usually like incorporated like other people into the podcast, whether it be staffing or another host or something. But I knew if I did it just by myself, it would grow faster and, um, and that's basically what's happened. And I wrote everything out and I got a, I got a six month plan and I'm already like two months ahead of the six months plan, six month plan. So I would say the podcast is one of those things where it's just, I, I knew from the beginning, if I, if I stay consistent and I keep doing this thing, it's only going to get bigger and bigger. So that would be the first. Um, and then your first question was, when were you happy? what makes you happy we can change it up a little bit uh, what makes happy? me happy what makes me happy definitely you know i love to see my kids accomplish goals i love to see like i love like my daughter she she is so goal oriented like when she gets an idea in her head she just she goes after it just with such veracity it's just i love it you know what i'm saying like they give me energy and joy um and you know they they're not babies no more they about to be you know young men young women and go off into the world and and do their thing and i'm excited to see what they do with you know all the tools and gifts that they got yes the awesome joys of fatherhood do you want more children um if i'm if i if, if i was to get married and my <laughs> wife wanted more children i would definitely give my wife more children but if it was just me and no, nah, I wouldn't have any more kids. Okay. Would you, do you prefer to date women who have children? Doesn't matter. Non-factor. One of my businesses is childcare. So it's like, I, I love being around kids. I love hanging around kids. Um, kids typically always like me. So it's like, that's a non-factor for me. Now, now if you got 20 some kids now, that that might be a if you a whole mother hubbard out here yeah that might be a um, maybe a deal breaker but uh you know like quantity when do you draw the line is it 27 27 no uh i i would say i mean i've met a woman with five kids but they were all like well behaved and nice and she didn't have any baby's mama baby dad drama or nothing like that um so i wouldn't I think it's more so if the situation is healthy, you know, nobody wants to, oh, this whole toxic situation and you know, nah. So I think it's more so if it's a healthy situation, more so than anything. Healthy families only. Yes. Dramatic situations don't apply here. Nah, nah. I don't do drama at all, at all. Yeah. I run away from drama. Got it. So if there's a lady listening right now. Mm who meets the quota you are you are pimping me right now <laughs> you are <laughs> pimping or happy and healthy who's charismatic who's a leader oh my gosh you are pimping pretty filled and grow now you just you you being funny i can't wait i can't wait to the second half of this show <laughs> the famous oh my gosh are you done what 
potential. So we're here. Ready? Ready to shift one more time? You said what now? Ready to shift one more time? Another shift? An another shift? Yeah. Are you ready to shift into your part? Oh, uh, we're shifting. This still on you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What? Where's your favorite place to travel? Um. So this is going to sound real funny, but I love going to uh, uh, Puerto Rico. And the reason I like going to Puerto Rico is like a lot of people like, oh, oh, Aruba, let's go to Jamaica. I like going to Puerto Rico because it's tropical, but yet America. <laughs> so, so it's like I can be on a nice sandy white beach and have a drink and it's beautiful. And I can talk to everybody in a normal voice and not have to ask people for directions and all kinds of stuff like that. So I, I, I really love going to Puerto Rico. Okay. When's your next vacation schedule? Uh, I don't know yet. Um, it's probably going to be, uh, in January, uh, besides doing like some domestic holiday traveling, but like actual vacation, Let's go somewhere warm and chill. It'll probably be in January and it probably might even be Puerto Rico. Okay. Mm -hmm. Taking a lovely lady with you. Um, no, I, right. She's got like 45 days, right? Cause this is first week in November. Wow. But she's got like 45 days I'm, to make. Hey, fashion over ships really fast. So, um, Hey. summer of next year i'm just we'll look you'll check and see how her communication if her communication yeah is you know her text game gotta be okay gotta do that for sure okay all right let's Bye. let's hear it look come on come on bring out the big guns let me ask you a question like in talking to you know couples and singles what do you think a lot of the disconnect is, uh, with people, um, settling down in relationships or whatnot? I think it's self-awareness and then expressing boundaries and comprehension. Those are the biggest three things because people say it's about communication, but it's not, it's about comprehension. Self-awareness is important because I can't learn you until I know myself. I can't present who I am authentically to you until I know me. So before dating, before getting married, before even communicating, it's important to know thyself and um, also be able to boundary, express those and make sure whoever you're communicating to is able to comprehend <laughs> the messages that you're sending. And I think if a lot of people know themselves and have their boundaries, it would diminish a lot of time wasting um, it will reduce a lot of hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. It would make uh, people's relationships a lot more fluid. So what do you think about, I guess, um, that people do get so much stuck on communication without knowing themselves? Like what would be, what would be the tool or the conversation to help somebody become aware of that, um, versus keep going down the dark alley, not knowing what they're doing. Right. So the, my last book I wrote is called <laughs> the art of listening. Mm -hmm. 
Practical Strategies to Hear, Be Heard, and Deeply Connect. And it's a book written about communication. I think it might be, Kindle might be like $3. It's a quick, easy read. And it helps people with um, nonverbal communication styles, environmental styles. It gives you tips and tools for your tone, your speed of speech. It's psycholinguistics are built into the text. Uh-huh. And if someone wants to become a better communicator, there are practical tools out that are available. Um, my book's available on Amazon, like I said, or Kindle. And then, you know, actually apply what you're reading. It's not communication actually has to be applied in order for it to work, in order for you to improve, in order for anyone to improve. So apply what you're learning, what you're reading, if it fits. So question, how does one become aware that they're a bad communicator? Because that's, I feel like that's a huge thing where, uh, here, she just, somebody just said in the comments, could you say the title again? Yes. (laughs) It is the art of listening, practical strategies to hear, be heard, and deeply connect. And that's by Dr. L. Moore. If you go to drl.com, all of my books are listed there. Um, But yes, The Art of Listening, and it's a blue and yellow uh, book with uh, circles on the front cover. Okay. So I feel like, you know, and, and I just, in my own personal thing that I've noticed that a lot of people are um they feel like uh it's they're great communicators and they're not and they they, you know and it's typically women um because most dudes will be like yeah you know they they suck at it where I feel like women be thinking they're great communicators but they're really not right so it's a great question because if they don't know and they're not open to having someone tell them that they're not, then you can't, you know, you can't fix someone that doesn't believe that they're broken. That's number one. Uh-huh. Um, so I would ask them questions to raise their awareness of them not being a great communicator. But, but and I would ask questions like, go ahead. What do you think I just said? <laughs> or, what would you hope or what response would you hope to get from saying that to me or temperature check do you think anyone can hear you right now because a lot of times people aren't aren't picking up on cues right Mm -hmm. so you have questions so that they can become aware that either the words that they're using are not coming across or that they're just not paying attention to their environment Um, A couple of psychological tricks that people can use is if they're face to face with someone, just stare at their forehead silently, like right in between their eyes. And what it does is it triggers the other person um, to either recall or recollect the last words that were just said. And then usually nine out of 10 times, they'll either answer you without you having to respond to them or they'll come up with the answer themselves. So there are body language tips that you can use. Um, if someone is maybe speaking too quickly or not engaging in the conversation, if you look at their shoes, 
it, it automatically intimidates them. And so they'll kind of regress or take a step back and then regroup and, and try to focus in on what the topic is. Mm. So body language tips. These sound like Jedi mind tricks. So I don't, I ain't arguing with you. You be to convince me I was an apple. Or a pear. See, mm-mm. I ain't never heard nobody say, hey, if you, if you talking to somebody and it's not going nowhere, stare in between their eyebrows. And I'm telling you, it's going to refocus the whole conversation. What? Yes. <laughs> what? And, and another, another good trick, um, is to ask why or what. Mm-hmm. Those are great, especially in corporate politics. I remember when I was working, um, at a large financial institution, I would always send with why or what and make people explain themselves because sometimes while they're explaining themselves, they'll realize that they really don't have it all together and they were seeking you to have the answer for them, but giving the power back to them by asking them why or what makes them explain themselves and makes them think about the words that they're saying. All right, let's have, let's have a fake argument right now. Thank you. You said no, thank you. <laughs> Come on, let's have no. a fake, just a quick little fake one, just so you can, you can sort of, yeah, just a quick one. All right. AL, what you want to get for dinner tonight? Chick-fil-A. I don't like Chick-fil-A. You know, I don't like Chick-fil-A. What would you like for dinner? Um, let's go to Fleming's and get some steaks. Okay. We'll go to Fleming's, get the steaks, and then we'll get the Chick-fil-A on the way back. Why are we spending extra money on Chick-fil-A? We just, we just ate at Fleming's. We ate at Fleming's because you wanted to eat at Fleming's. So you just going to flip it? I would like to eat at Chick-fil-A. I can't even do this. Listen, so <laughs> listen, cause, cause you, you be didn't have me in a real argument. <laughs> Hold on. So we'll get my Chick-fil-A and we will return to a happy home. So happy you really would pick Chick-fil-A over Fleming's? We don't have Fleming's wherever. Oh, I'm it's a steakhouse. My fault. It's a steakhouse. It's a steakhouse. And you're trying to level the conversation up. I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there, but you said it. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you said it. You can go to Fleming's and I will order the chicken at Fleming's. And then you can get Chick-fil-A for me when you come home from work. Now, when you date, do you, well, you know what? Hold on. It's about the 45 minute point. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to go ahead and play this real quick. And then we're going to switch this show around. Welcome back to the first off in my opinion podcast. You know how we do Tom Turn this up. Turn this up. All right, my good people, we are back for part two of Dr. L versus Tom Swoop. First part was, you know, interesting. Dr. L, you know, she asked me some questions. We got into a little bit of healthy dialogue. And now it's my turn 
to guide the ship. And she is in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. She will not be able to do any of her Jedi mind tricks on me. It is about to get interesting, hot, and heavy. She will probably disconnect and act like it is a technical difficulty with her Wi-Fi in the next 10 minutes. So once again, to listen to or grab one of her books, go to drl.com, www.drl.com. That's D-R-E-L-L-E.com. Did I do it wrong? I did it right? It's three L's? It's three L's. Okay. All right. I did it wrong. All right. So look, Dr. Earl, you are now in the hot seat with the world famous Tom Spool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so first tell me, Dr. L, why are you single? Um, there are loads of reasons. Come on, child. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to date. You didn't want to yes. date. Now, in that time frame of not dating, were you still uh, sexually active? Because I see a lot of professional women who chase after education and or accomplishments in the working field still have what we would call in the hood a slump buster. Mm. Well, um, I think it depends because I am an ex um christian minister mm-hmm. ex-international preacher okay back then uh, i was not having sex before marriage okay someone I, just someone someone just but, put in the comments <laughs> so someone just put in the comments dr l should go to puerto rico in january <laughs> i do believe that i'm i'm now sex positive i think that sex is a natural human experience between two consenting adults or between consenting adults. And so I'm all for it. I think sex is very healthy. And I think that if anyone limits or tries to suppress that, it can cause a lot of physical health issues um, and a lot of stress that's unnecessary. So mm. yeah, I'm pro-sex. I done heard it all. Adult. <laughs> I, I done heard it all, y'all. She's pro-sex. So... It's called what? Sex positive. Sex positive. Okay. I, I learned something today. It wasn't even in a Cracker Jack box. Listen. So, um, so my second question would be, Dr. L, when was the last time you were in a healthy relationship? Mm. I, I'm in a healthy relationship now. <laughs> okay. How long has that been going on? less than a year okay so before that how what was your your length Length between the last before between the last healthy relationship less than a year so you typically find good guys i only so okay if If why it to so to to my point go ahead Hygiene. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
destination status is very important to me. I can only date someone who is enlightened and open-minded. Like, I know me. I've done the work to know myself. And I'm still constantly learning more things about myself every day. So I tend to date people that have also done the work that are learning and growing about themselves too. I don't date anyone that's immature or um, rigid, dogmatic, um, very religious, limited, narrow-minded, non-exploratory that's a big list there buddy that's a big list it's getting longer and longer he's the world knows that the world exists beyond the four corners um of their everyday life someone who wants to go and see the world so i guess you know to ask just a little deeper dig a little deeper you know you find so many women um at her status um you know educated uh brown skin beautiful um, who cannot find a man now is this is, I, th I feel like it's a myth I feel like there's plenty of guys out there I feel like they're not willing to put the work in um I don't know if it's the work I would agree with you that there are a sea of good-looking eligible charismatic intelligent men black men mm -hmm. so I don't think it's about the work what, what would you say when you talk about they're not willing to put the work in? What does the work mean? Um, so in doing this show, I you know, I talk to people or whatever, and I, I see that a lot of people are very stuck in their routines. Like they don't really go out. They don't engage. They don't network. They don't put themselves in the path of actually trying to find somebody more so than if it doesn't happen in the normal course of their daily events, it doesn't happen. And so that's what I'm, I'm talking about, about as far as doing the work, like actually putting yourself out, going to meet some new people, hanging out in different situations, meeting people, just getting out of your own way. That makes sense. I would agree with that, but I think we have to take it a step farther for women because of course me, I was raised super conservative, you know, in a Christian home. So certain things just were not happening, right? Like late night partying didn't happen for a while. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like being, so, you know, if a woman is listening and she feels more conservative and not really wanting to date online or go to parties or go to clubs, there's some small things that she can do to make herself more attractive during her normal everyday life. <laughs> and one of those is if she's going to the grocery store to wear red lipstick or uh, maybe an orange scarf, right? Because what tends to happen is um, men, science and research, to <laughs> men can sometimes be drawn to brighter colors. And I know for me in corporate America, it was all black. I wore black all the time. It was just, that was like my quote unquote uniform, right? But giving a splash of color or orange or a yellow, not only um, has the potential to attract people to you, but it's an energy booster as well. Uh -huh. Sometimes people look at yellow, the color yellow, and it just makes them happier. So there's uh, certain small things like that. Um, wearing sexier underwear or lingerie under your sweatpants or whatever you're wearing around the house mm. um, help with uh, 
boosting your mood or even serotonin. Just it can make you feel <laughs> like you're on a romantic frequency, which could then magnetize someone to call you. So I mean, you saying wearing pretty drawers helps? I'm are practical things that you can do in your normal everyday life to meet your partner. Hmm. So what would you say women women aren't doing? I don't know. Because I feel like women, we're so multifaceted and complex as a whole. I refuse to even try to answer <laughs> that question singularly. Like there's there's no way. There's no way. We and especially black women, we are so accomplished, so active and so resilient and innovative and transformative and powerful. Like we can literally do anything. I mean, we are leading the nation in being business owners. You know, one of the wealthiest women uh, who owns her own airline is, is black from Africa. So I, I wouldn't say it's something that women aren't doing. I would say we would have to look at it <laughs> from an individual perspective, mm -hmm. individual, as opposed to a collective one to try to find a, a decent answer. So with that being said, um, what would be, you know what, let's back that up. Let's back it up. Let's unpack something else real quick in your relationship that you're in now. Um, are you guys of similar status? No. Um, I hear a lot of black women saying that they, they would not date beneath, um, you know, either a big discrepancy in finances or a big discrepancy in education. Um, how do you feel about that? And does that actually equate to your situation? I think it goes back to knowing yourself and knowing your boundaries and communicating your expectations, right? What mm -hmm. was the movie with Gabrielle Union and she was like the corporate lady and it was the mechanic with the, was it Daddy's Little Girls? Yeah. So they fell in love, right? Two different environments. And I mean, movies happen like that all the time uh, in real life. I'm sure it happens <laughs> or else they wouldn't be making movies out of it. So do you, do you feel like, you know, you could do something like that or do you understand why other women can't do something like that? Yes. I, I I've dated people who were above at my and below my level because my value systems are different. Mm -hmm. Someone can be rich and be dumb and someone can be really smart and not have a lot of money. So, but I've done the work within myself to know what my value systems are. That, that's a, that's a powerful statement. That's a powerful statement. And I feel like I just, just elaborate just a little bit on that, because I want people to understand that when you're saying this is that, you know, yourself, you know, what you're capable of doing and you know what you're capable of accepting. Am I correct or not? And so when you're looking for the, your mate, you're looking for a match for you. 
your dynamic, how you operate, not more so some generalization that, oh, he can't do this because he's, you know, a manager at Foot Locker or something like that. No, he he fits you. So it mm-hmm. works. Is that that's what you're saying, correct? Right. Because there's a video on uh, Instagram about someone having the capacity to be a partner and they take two water bottles and like one of them fills the other water bottle up. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. So what happens is this, the glass that's being poured into actually has the capacity to hold um, both amounts of water. Whereas if someone is incompatible, you'll pour the water in and they won't be able to hold you. They won't be able to house your big spirit, your big vision, your big energy, the way you see the world optimistically. Like they wouldn't be able to, to contain you, mm-hmm. right? So the partnership wouldn't work. So you, so then the goal is to match with someone that has the capacity to create space for who you are, your big energy, your big personality, all your water that you, you're coming you know, mm-hmm. to table with that you already have because the the goal is for us to be whole within ourselves before we're whole with our partner right so it's not my better half like both of us shouldn't be halves we should both be whole so finding someone that has the capacity to house you to house your past trauma to house your triggers to house your emotional you know discrepancies your Mm -hmm. communication Mm mm-hmm you you right you you this is what listen i don't be i don't be too far off when i be talking but you're be you're saying exactly what i say a lot on the show is that you know a relationship is two people coming together as one and you have to be able to hold and care and nurture that development and i feel like we have gotten to the point in this country where we just care about all the wrong stuff when it comes to building this, this nurturing relationship, this growing, evolving thing. We, we care about so many things that really just don't matter. Um, you got people caring about, I got a friend who is, you know, not the greatest with finances and (laughs) it's funny it's because she still picks men based upon her lack of finances Mm -hmm. and their you know money and it's like she gets the worst end of the stick every time every time and she's such a good person but it's like that flaw she just refuses to work on she she refuses to like you said before do the work And she keeps equating money and love, money and love, money and love. And she really just needs to find somebody who's willing to love her because if she's, if he's willing to love her, he's going to care for her and take care of her. Right. But there's right to a certain extent. Okay. Correct me. There are two things. First, I want to talk about um, the nurturing partnership with that. It is important to always keep your own individuality as well. If I'm a pepperoni and you're a mushroom, if we both go on pizza, we don't turn into pineapples. You are still a mushroom. Right. 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 We're just both coexisting on this pizza. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And so I wanted to say that about the nurturing relationship, because it's important that as uh, we focus on the we, that we not lose sight of the I. You still need to be yourself and live with yourself at the end of the day. And I know a lot of times in um, some traditional teaching, it's like you sacrifice yourself for your spouse. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that that should be the case. Like, I believe that it's important for me to be my best so that I can give my best to you, not for me to be sad and downtrodden so that you can be all good. Like, it doesn't work like that. So keep and maintaining your individuality within your nurturing partnership. The other thing is about your friend and the money is that it could very well be that that is the standard which she has accepted for herself. And it is completely reasonable and okay for her to have that financial standard for herself as long as she also accepts that this is going to be the potential result of her financial standard. Yeah. And if she wants something different, she's the only person that can adjust that for herself. Also, <laughs> there's still a very optimistic perspective that she's going to get all the things that she wants. Like faith and manifestation are very real things. And she probably has some finite concrete answer that's telling her she's about to be with this rich person. So keep your standards, keep them. But if she doesn't have that, I don't agree. Um, re unrealistic experience, then she's the only person that can choose what's going to work for her. And if that continues to be her experience, then she is accepting continuing getting those results. I just, you know, I'm big on accountability and I feel like like what you started with, I was just like, you know, if you if you go down this road, whatever ends up happening, that's that's on you because you choosing to keep going down this same road. Um and I and I I just it, you know, my heart wants people to to grow out of their bad relationship habits. Um, and into some healthy ones so that they can actually, cause it's just like working out. If you only go once a month, you're going to get those type of results, but if you, and it's going to hurt at first and you, but you gotta be consistent and try and do, you know, three times a week, then five times a week. It's called compounding positive behavior. Mm. Mm. And apply to all areas of our life whether we want to save money, mm -hmm. we want to walk at the gym, whether we want to improve how we present ourselves to others, whether we want to date someone, take the little steps, take the small compounding positive behaviors that get us towards our goal. One step at a time. Relation. Go ahead. Okay. So relationship wise, um, a lot of people who are in my group are, you know, watch right now are single and having trouble trying to connect to healthy situations. And I always say when you listen that, you know, it doesn't have to be a relationship, man versus woman relationship. It's just a healthy friend, a healthy, you know, activity, a healthy, um, 
hell, a healthy restaurant to eat at. You know what I'm saying? It's and it, and I mean, do you agree or would you disagree with what? With just finding healthy connections. That is challenging to find healthy. No, connections? that is the first step of getting you know on the road to a healthy maybe relationship down the road. I think the first step is to know thyself. I okay. Be the first step is to know yourself. And then knowing yourself reveals the different uh, directions for the healthy relationship. So let's okay, so take an ignorant person. How do they get to know themselves? What do you like? What do you not like? Has anyone told you that you have these previous repeated behaviors? Have you heard someone say that you're a poor communicator more than twice? Mm -hmm. <laughs> ask them, ask the people around them that are important, that they trust, that know are going to give them constructive criticism and not just tear them down and say, hey, what can I do to be a better communicator? Mm -hmm. What can I do healthier? How do you see me at my healthiest? Mm. What do you see in me that I can improve to make me a healthier person? And then even have them offer to be accountable. Can you help me as I start improving to keep me motivated and encouraged? Because I want to be better. For people who aren't connected to uh, healthy individuals that way, um, where, where are some places they can reach out um, just you know, off the top of your head, some places that they can reach out or people that they don't, they may not necessarily necessarily know that's in their, are in their corner. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes this is weird, but the practicality works is write a letter to yourself and then read it a week later or mail mm. it to yourself. If it's really a one-on-one -on -one and you don't have anyone write a letter to yourself write a letter of apology about how you maybe didn't express your boundaries and what you're going to do better. Write a letter to your future self. Hey, Tom, remember when it was November in 2021? And we, you, because you're writing to yourself, we're on the podcast. Look at you now. You got 10 yachts. <laughs> you emancipated, you know certain certain people from this and, and now you've got your show and you know what i mean like mm -hmm. write a letter to yourself, mail it to yourself so if it, so that that's a self thing um and then you know if you just google there's a place called listeners.com there's a place called vent.com um there's like national crisis hotlines if you just feel like you got and and of course i'm available uh if someone wants to call and schedule an appointment with me. Um, so yeah, it's either self, writing a letter to yourself, spending time with yourself, meditating, speaking positive affirmations, or um, Googling a resource on the internet, mm -hmm. calling and someone on my staff uh, can set you an appointment with me. That's what's up. If you want it bad enough. And, and I feel like if we can remove the ignorant component of not knowing and actually give people a path to getting healthy, 
I feel like more people would take the chance um, and and reach out to somebody and, and try to get the help that they need. And I just, like I said, everything's a, a conversation that needs to be had. And I just feel like we're not having the right conversations as a community, as um, relationships, um, period. So I do feel like what you're saying is golden. But back to you and your relationship. <laughs> so at what point I just did I did a show last week about um like when you know you you know people how fast people are having sex you know but I, I'm not going to ask you that question um but I'm going to ask you uh at what point do you start incorporating family into your relationship or the development of your relationship like how how soon do you say hey i want you to meet my parents i want you to meet my friends i want you to you know these are my children you know what i'm saying like what would be your time frame as far as doing these things i think it depends on the depths of the relationship because you can spend 23 hours a day with a person or you can spend you know talking to somebody once or twice a week right so it depends on when you feel safe personally I don't introduce anyone to my family at all. My family is very sacred and of high regard. Mm, I know what that is. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't meet family at all. Um, and so I think the relationship would have to be significant in order for that to happen. So by significant, I mean, we have a joint business together or we're already planning a wedding. And we oh, you down the road. You. You down the road. Y'all picking dresses. Oh, my. Let me tell you about this dude I've been with for five years. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my. Oh, my. And now. Why somebody for five years, right? Like, uh, I don't mind. I'm 41 years old. So I'm not trying to date somebody for 10 years. Like, I mean. That's I weird know, to me. I know how awesome I am. So if, you know, marriage is not. That's weird. Like, what? What is your cutoff? Because mine, mine is two years. Mine is if if I'm with somebody consistently for two years, we we planning a wedding or are we breaking up? Good, because it should not take that long. It shouldn't. It should not. You should not be three, four, five, six, seven, ten, twelve, fourteen. I know people who have been fifteen, twenty years. You know. That's weird. I believe, I believe it. That's weird. That's what. Oh, you know. So I do want your professional opinion on the kid component. I, you know, what I'm saying like, because uh, a lot of women ask me that they'd be like, so I met this guy. You know, if I want to see him more, I'm going to have to introduce him to my kids because he's going to have to come to my house. I don't. First of all, I don't like that I have tos and I have tos because that means that there are two limits. And she's boxing herself in. I think um, so. I will not offer a professional answer because children are in a protected class. Mm -hmm. And my main priority is protecting everyone who's in a vulnerable um, age group, whether that's a child, a senior citizen, anyone who's unable to take care of themselves. So protect the children all the time. Um, but I think as a mother, she has to decide on her own, right? Is it worth it? Because if she if they break up, what is that going to do to this to the psychological development or challenge for her family? 
So should the goal? It's up to the mom to decide. Is the goal to see how he works in the dynamic of your family or to make the development of your relationship easier, he meets your children. Right? Is it the easy way out? Yeah. So that I yeah, I guess that's it. Because some children and I'm not saying no names, but they will show their entire personality. <laughs> just to make it worse for whoever the parent is dating, Mm -hmm. right? So the parent then has to also know their child's personality to know whether it's a good idea. And that's why there's really no answer because the dynamics, children's personalities are different. Excuse me, one second. Um, My battery. Children's personalities are different. you know, the length of dating, have they run a background check on this person that they're dating? Like there's all of these. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Now are we talking a whole facts. Are we talking an official background check, a VCI, FBI background check? Which one are we talking about? I don't know. What would you do? Have you ever ran a real background check on somebody? That is the question, ma'am. A real one? A, like, re- a real BCI FBI background check. No, I haven't because my intuition is, is pretty keen. Okay. So, um, I, I haven't felt the need to do that. Plus, people always expose themselves after time. Can't only wear a mask for so long, right? Yeah, I've, I've run a background check. How did that work out for you? It, it, was, it, was, it was pretty much what I thought. It was what I thought. I was, it, there, was, there was definitely some prior convictions because it's just the way you know how certain people talk about money and you just be like, is yeah, is a is conviction a deal breaker? Yeah. Previous. I said plural. My G. I said previous convictions. <laughs> and, the you know, like she talked about money like like Nino Brown, like just the stuff she was talking about. And I was just like, hmm, hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Previous convictions. And, and it wasn't like, Oh, I did this once. And maybe I did this five years later. It was like an absorbent amount of fraudulent behaviors. And you know, a fraud is a fraud. How long is that relationship? That was not a relationship. That was something that I was interested in and I needed to see like, Cause it, I didn't believe anything that she said out of her mouth. So it's like, I just had to, I, and it was, it wasn't like a full, it was like one of those things where you go on the website and punch in somebody's license plate number. And they sort of like, it'll basically tell you who they are and how many little violations they didn't had. Your intuition told you. Yes. Yes. My discernment is so high, but it was, listen, it was, it saved me. It saved me because the booty. Cause the booty had me hypnotized, but go ahead. I believe you. I believe you. That's usually how it happens. Yeah. You know, and the thing is solid person, but you can, you just got that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Where you just be like, yeah, something off here. You know what I'm saying? And, And that's what it was. That's what it was. 
So All back right. back to you, L, because I'm not I'm not gonna let you off the hook. I I, I keep I'm bringing it back. So. <sighs> All right, you've been with this guy for a year. Everything seems to be good right now. Give you a, a couple scenarios I would like to hear your answers to. I have answers. Um, everything's going great. Everything's going good. And this is basically from a, a, a couple shows ago. We had, I asked this question to a um, young lady. And I was like, so you guys are sitting on the couch watching Netflix and you're talking about maybe your past, maybe in college. And you're like, yeah, you know, I did the whole girl thing. I really wasn't for me. And then he's like, yeah, I did the whole guy thing. It wasn't really for me. Is that a problem for you? No. Not at all. Because um, gender, cultural gender normatives are extremely limiting. There's double standards everywhere. Mm -hmm. The fact that men still can tell women what to do with their bodies is mind-blowing to me. And so any way that I can dismantle... Uh, the patriarchal gender normative limits that society continues to try to make us conform to. I'm for it. Interesting. Interesting. Curious. So give me your take on, you know, the trans transgender, you know, thing going on in America today. Thing. Like I would say <clears throat> the agenda of inclusion like even just like let me let, let me just hear your take on uh sports like uh female sports like i think ohio this year banned um males assigned as female i mean male at birth from participating in female events um do you feel like this was fair do you feel like it wasn't i don't know i don't have enough information about it i'm not even gonna lean into it okay 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 all right We'll we'll pass that one. We'll we'll kick that can down the street. Next episode, <laughs> I put together human experience without making someone else feel horrible for living. Yeah, you know I mean? and and I I feel like it's a healthy way to decide what to do. Comparing race with gender at all. Mm -hmm. I'm comparing oppression to oppression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's a fair and easy way to do things. I feel like we just haven't reached a point where we can have a healthy, honest discussion about it. Um, I've read a couple stories and, you know, you do a little bit of, of research, but it's not enough to put forth like a solution. And I don't feel like we're ready yet for a real solution. And I feel it, it's sort of like, you know, when when the, you know, they first started to look at African-Americans as real people, even though we were real people. And it was just like, I don't, I just, this, that's a whole nother show. Let's just keep moving. It's about, it's about changing. It's about changing the narrative and being innovative with what is, is what is acceptable. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so 17th century, Plato's allegory of the cave, there's people are in these caves and 
people outside of the cave are controlling the behavior of the people inside the cave. And what happens is, as the sun moves outside, shadows cast inside the cave, the person inside the cave says, oh, look, there's something outside moving. Let me go and see what that is. Let me find that out. And the people inside the cave, they're like, oh, no, that's nothing. You're supposed to stay in here with us because we're right in here. Mm-hmm. This is how it's supposed to be in here. And so the guy actually seeks truth, gets outside the cave, is confronted with this whole new world he knows nothing about. The reason I share that story is because oftentimes we as society and as individuals are confronted with creating a new path that's innovative or staying where we are when people around us are saying that this is the only way that it can be done. This is how we have to do it. And don't go out there. Don't be a trailblazer. Don't go against what the whole group, what all of us was telling you to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I had that experience when I left Christianity. I realized that Christianity was limiting me. Sure, I still use scriptures because the Bible is a fantastic tool and resource that God has given us, just like God has given us all these other tools and resources, too. But now when I tell people that I'm not a Christian, it's very shocking, but I felt like Christianity was limiting me. So I stepped outside of the cave. Mm-hmm. And now my relationship with God, and even the people that I'm able to love and know and grow, is it's exponential and limitless. Mm-hmm. Right? I feel like we all should do that at some point and support the others who are also leaving the cave. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. Look, so L, we've 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 wrapped up two shows here. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put you up on the screen real quick so they can see your contact information and everything. So once again, if you guys want to reach out to Dr. L for counseling, um, get a copy of one of her books. Um, do you want to run down the books real quick just so they got them? Mm, sure. So we talked about. <laughs> I like I like the unlearning. Yes, yes, everyone's favorite. So we talked about the art of listening, practical strategies to hear, be heard, and deeply connect. Um, everyone's favorite is called unlearning, escaping scriptural manipulation, enhancing spiritual consciousness, and it's written. I don't know if you can see. It's the cave. It's the allegory of the cave that I just spoke about. Okay. Um, and it's written for those of us who are not limiting our understanding of God to what someone else teaches us from a Sunday morning pulpit. So it helps people break out of the limited boxes of their thinking and actually encourages people to ask the questions for themselves and to be relentless until they get the answers. And um, the other faith is Venom to Victory. And um, it's written for people to help heal after jealous bosses and jealous friendships, you know, um, trauma, hurt, abuse. Mm -hmm. That that you experience can ultimately become your victory. And um, my most recent book is called uh, The Black Woman's Guide to Love and Business, A Blueprint to Self-Mastery. And it's written by some of the most prominent and influential black women. Um, They have created pages to help 
other black women and other people become successful in both their love lives and their business lives. And if it's worked for the most marginalized, then it'll work for anyone. Right? Okay. So black women have given uh, a lot um, and been successful in both love and business. And they've written about it to help you grow and your success as well. So it's the Black Woman's Guide to Love and Business, a blueprint to self-mastery. And okay. all of those are available at drl.com. And that is three L's. So www.drelle.com. So if you want to leave the people with just one, one, you know, thought, what would it be? Know thyself. Know thyself. Know thyself. And I'm, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy who you are. Okay. Okay. I just want to thank you for coming on and doing part one and part two. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate your point of view. I really appreciate you as a person and what you've brought to, you know, my, my listeners today. And, um, I, I'm very, very appreciative and I thank you, my sister. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing and being open to, uh, the DMS that are coming. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you don't, you don't stop, do you? You don't sure. stop. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Going to hit your mute on your channel. Uh, <laughs> so look, it's I want to, what, go ahead. What are you going to say? It's been my pleasure. I appreciate you. Okay. I um, want to thank everybody for listening today. Once again, like I always say at the end of every show, you know, God puts everything you want in life right outside of your reach and it's up to you to extend and get it. And that is it from us. This is first off from my, my opinion. My name is Tom Swoop and we are out.